hobby with reckless abandon. Thank you for joining us for season 19, episode 2 of Happy Tech's RPG Podcast. After a two week hiatus, my name is Stu. Vacacion. Uh, I'm Jim. Stork. Gina. Yeah. There Stu and I were both. Plague rats. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Really. It was allergy season, and then Stu got sick, and then we all got. Sick. I was. And then we had Windageddon. Yes. And Last so, night was Windageddon. Uh, I'm still allergy, but I'm not as sick as I was. It was awful. So I've got the chat room up. Let me know if there's cool. any uh, technical issues going on. I think everything lo- looks right. Is Windageddon when the Windigos come out of the desert? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I thought Windigos were like abominable snowmen. I thought they were like. In Canada, windigos. Yeah, they come descending from the north. Um, so when they come down here because it's too cold, right up there in their Winnebagos. Yes. Windigos and Winnebagos. They well, because they're coming from Seattle. Winnebagos. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like retirees in Florida. Like airstream. They come descending Snowbirds. down. Snowbirds. They are, they are in their Winnebagos. Yeah, okay. The Windigos and their Winnebago. Winnebagos. <laughs> Winnebagos. <laughs> Winnebago. With their mace windows. With their mace stickers on them. In this episode of Happy Checks Review Podcast, Sergeant Dan writes in about perception rolls. James writes in about killing the murder hobo. Forrest, a longtime listener, writes in for the very first time. Forrest! Yay! We read your for- stuff on the forum all the time. Oh, Ed from Minnesota Nuts writes in about levels and his Roman Call of Cthulhu game. And Mystic Fedora sends us a GM big reveal. What worked? I seem to remember that there, there, is, there is a bit of a misnomer for us because I think you did live or Skype or did a recording from was it Gen Con, and you were in the room with a bunch of people, and because I, I remember seeing you there. But really? I, I don't know if it was, this was an earlier episode which we a long time ago when there was either watched or aired or played, but I think you guys were talking. Yeah. I yes, I had I, I had either some some in the chat room wants to know if I had bronchitis that lasted for like a month. It may have been. It may have been pneumonia. The, the, the doctor didn't have. They didn't have an oh, um, yeah. uh, X-ray tech to actually check. But he listened. He's like, "Wow, your lungs are really full of fluid." So mm-hmm. I was on. I was on steroids for. That's right. And then they said it a week. A week and a couple. Cleared days. out from the bottom, which is the pneumonia stuff. And but it, you still it stayed. Had, and it's. Yeah. And I went back to the doctor thinking, "Oh God, it didn't go away." And he's like, "Oh no, it's the thousand year cough." What event did you qualify for the Olympics in, and then had to quit while you were on steroids? <laughs> Uh, I got a lot of writing done on uh, Moment of Truth settings. Cool. An enormous nice. amount of writing. Yeah. He was going to write a zine, like he did last year. <laughs> but, but yeah, <laughs> but I, I got a lot done on Blood, Blade, and Tusk, which is the fantasy oh, yeah. Inquisition meets orcs. Yeah. And then uh, a lot of writing done on the conspiracy one. So, the, and I think conspiracy thing. I think I'm going to run that. Uh, get ready to take that where it left off. Yeah. From the last iteration. Cool. Shirts. Shirts. So I have no idea what's going on. Well, well, yeah. well, it was really Luckily, we recorded the original sessions. You have to re- remake the characters. Yeah. I mean, the game's I, yeah. I oh, yeah. My little punk rock girl. I remember finding a room full of blood. I mean, was uh, so that, awesome. was, that was the first the one. Yeah, I know. One I know, I know that. Yeah. But, then, but then it's all had... part of the same conspiracy. No, I have no idea what's going on. Right. But then you had Sherd Guy. Yeah. Sherd's uh, Flugelhorn. 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 Flugelhorn's antiques. Right. You were Marty McFly. I was Marty McFly. It wasn't really McFly, was it? It was Marty Simmons. Okay. okay. Uh, but it was basically Marty McFly. It was Kelsey Dagger. Oh, I should Sorry. say, I had this kind of yeah, buried this a little bit, but I'm going to go ahead and do it right now. Yeah. Uh, 1D4Con is back for its fifth year as a prominent gaming convention in the northern Shenandoah Valley. Oh, Shenandoah. Oh, Shenandoah. 
Uh, for the northern Shenandoah Valley from May 5th through the 7th. Cool. It's also fruit Three fly season. Three days! It's also yeah. fruit fly season around here, by I, the way. I, that's, I'm not, those aren't bats I'm trying to get rid of. We're crazy. Um, right. <laughs> they're everywhere. They're at work. They're everywhere. They're well, everywhere someone didn't right empty now. the trash. No, it's not just game. here. It's everywhere right now. And here. They're not in my house. <laughs> but they are in here, and that trash can has been empty. Uh, we have moved to a newer, bigger venue, they say, at 1D4Con. The Holiday Inn in Martinsburg, West Virginia. What? Mountain Mama. <laughs> to provide more space for gaming. 1D4Con offers all types of gaming opportunities. Tabletop RPGs, D&D Adventures, League, Pathfinder Society, Shadowrun Missions, Rogue Call of Cthulhu... Rogue Cthulhu Call of Cthulhu games. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Plus several other traditional and indie games. Um, board games with a library of donated games to borrow. LARPs, miniature games, and two Artemis Starship bridge simulators. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, congratulations on growing. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's really fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, they're, they're like going at it. Yeah. Uh, pre-registration is now open until the Come April on. 24th. Was ist das Ah, it's not in Germany. That's because it's in West Virginia. They've invented that. Ah. Uh, they got electricity and everything. Yep. Lassity. They got a wire that came in from the county. Just last year. <laughs> <laughs> I had a health teacher from somewhere in the south, but, and he used to say Lassity and battery. And it took us forever to figure <laughs> out he was talking about electricity and a, battery. and a battery. I got battery, but they got lastity. electricity. Nick the census they, taker last week. They got two. They got two of them streetlight things. One facing that way, and one facing that way. <laughs> oh, no. You're from kind of somewhere around there. You can tell that. <laughs> no, everyone makes fun of West Virginia. <laughs> okay. What's that thing on Hee where they go something something? West Virginia. Salute. Hee Haw salutes Muddy Illinois. Population one hundred. Salute. <laughs> Your mic is hot, or something. You know what's so sad is I've been rewatching those and mining them for jokes. They're good. <laughs> well, oh, some the of the hum- jokes are hysterical because it's yes. really just vaudeville. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, there was a lot of people that did yeah. vaudeville, and there were a lot of brilliant people that yeah. did vaudeville. Uh, pre-registration is now open until April twenty-fourth, and T-shirts are on sale until April fourteenth. Check out the post on the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast forum, or go to one d four con dot com. That's one d four con dot com. For more information, Windy and that's 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 your plug. There you go. Windy four nice. in your Windabago with the Windigos, the Mace Windu stickers on the Windigo, Windabago. Windabago. If you'd like to, uh, I'm confused. Email us. Email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Happyjacksrpg, all one word. If you want to watch the show? You can watch live at happyjacksrpg. Right here. Sorry, happyjacks.org slash live. That's happyjacks.org slash live. Also. If you are a Patreon subscriber, you will notice that I've dropped a couple of little audio files under the Patreon thing. If you are a Patreon subscriber and you oh, have yeah. not gone there to check, you should go there to check because there are like little tiny miniature versions of the GM briefing that I started recording. There you go. Stu was on steroids. He got really productive. I did. That's awesome. I got a little, a little productive. A little productive. Cool. I mean, I'm not, right now they're coming out one a week because I did four or five of them. There might be a big gap after that. I don't know. But I'm, I'm trying to put some stuff up there to reward those of you who are supporting us. And yeah. thank you. Yes. Thank you. Uh, 
<laughs> what? Block me? What was that? Oh, I should say, uh, uh, Sundays for the foreseeable future until fair's over, uh, Jason is running a D&D game. D&D 5th edition game yeah. called... Desert of Despair. Which he started last week? We, we did, did character creation. Yeah. Yes. Character creation last week. <clears throat> and it's good. I think he's running it for eight more weeks. Yes. I think was the yep. the original plan. Yep. And then uh, this Monday is... Rifts. Rifts. Fifth session, I think. And then after that is... Match. Masks. And that's your you're writing that's, that's session number two. Yep. So there's there there you go. They 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 New had a stuff. they had a blob. Did they? They had a blob last time. Yeah, yeah, we did. I think is that up? It should be up. Yeah. It, um, I think it's up. I think no. so, yeah. No, that's not up yet. I believe it came up. Oh, I think today. it is. Did it come up yeah. today? I will double check, but I believe it It was not up when I was at the gym cuz that's what I do when I'm at the gym. Unless I it went up yesterday. No, it's up. It is up. Okay. Yeah, yesterday. I knew oh. I saw it. Okay, it's I there. I saw it. Oh, there it uh, is. March 30th, yeah. Okay. There it is. I see it now. Finally beating the perception horse to death from Sergeant Dan. Oh, no. Sergeant Dan! <laughs> Obi, Stu, Dushi, and the Jack Knights of the Galaxy, thank God you're not our only hope. I won't take that personally. Sergeant Dan from Johnston County, North Carolina. Time to cajole the perception horse to get up one last time and ride it another few miles before finally beating it to death and then butcher the carcass for meat. Don't eat horses. <laughs> they eat horses. Wilbur. In West Virginia, they might eat horses. <laughs> I seem to remember there was a meat shortage in the seventies or something, and I think we got horse once or twice as kids. You remember that? We get pink slime. Okay. Yeah, we do now. Pink um, slime. Okay. So years ago, <laughs> you, ate a, you ate a horse. No. Oh. No, I've never eaten horse. But sure. Um, well, fairly, I, I'm not, I have know. I have never knowingly eaten horse. Okay. Um. But we're driving through Alabama. Mm-hmm. We end up on a little back road driving through a cotton field. We come around a curve, and I shit you not, there is a dead horse lying by the side of the road. Like Run out with a stick and beat Dead it. horse. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that would have been funny. But what makes this funny is that um, my now ex-wife and I looked at each other and went, Don't go near the cotton. <laughs> <laughs> Do not see the <laughs> <trail>. <laughs> Bushwag. Um, whether perception, notice, investigate, awareness, search, or any other <laughs> skill that allows a PC to perceive their environment, the use of the skill needs to drive the story, tension, and plot movement. How, might you ask? <laughs> it depends on the type of type as style uh, or style of the game and the situation situation of the scene. In the superhero police procedural game, I run at conventions, I use systems to modify... I use systems, systems or, modify. or modify systems to use a sliding scale of what the characters perceive and the depth of clues they acquire. Even if there is... By the letter of the law failure, I still give the clue or clues to keep the story moving. I would ask why you give the, have why a perception check. Why did you have a role? I, I will tell you why I would have a role. Because the role is not really about whether you see the thing or not, because you're going to see the thing. The role is about whether something else interesting happened to you. Oh, okay. Or I, I would say the role is usually, for, for, for me and I think for a lot of people, it, it's a stalling tactic. 
That, yeah, that. <laughs> like, I'm interpreting this as a sliding scale, so he he tells you it tells him how much you, yeah. you see. Not you don't see everything. You see oh you, you, you roll terribly, you only see that there's a letter on the table, whereas someone else can say, Oh, I see writing on the letter and this is what it's about and it smells like perfume. Right. Uh, sliding scale of what the characters perceive and depth of clues they acquire. Even if there is a letter uh, by letter of the law failure, it's still I still give a clue or clues to keep the story moving. Successes and greater degree of successes will have more information and more avenues for the PCs to continue the investigation. In a game where there are deadly traps and nefarious ambushes, this is a hard pass-fail type situation. Okay. Uh, here, I would not use the PC's perception as an active role, but the skill of the person setting the trap or or the hide-slash-stealth of the ambushers with the perception skills of the PCs as a passive difficulty. There are games that do this. D&D mm-hmm. does yeah. this. Also, uh, Edge of the Empire, the Star Wars things, you just make the person's skill the number of purple and red dice. Right. <laughs> I like that idea. That's actually that's one of the things about Star Wars that I really like a yes. lot is that when you have an opposed situation, you don't both roll. You just the you person use, who's defending is the difficulty dice for the person who's yeah. who's doing the thing. Yeah, and it makes it faster because yeah. it's only a single roll. Right. And it, but it, it, it does matter. I mean, if you're like really good, a really really perceptive, and I'm making my stealth roll, and you're you know I may be rolling like two red dice and a purple die. Sure. So my chances of success suddenly have plummeted. Yeah, and I'd even modify it a bit more. It's like if you had a thief or a rogue in the party, or even maybe even a ranger, I'd give them an extra bonus or something because they actually know from traps. Right. And they're like, everybody stop. This is a perfect place for a trap. Hmm. They're like, you get a plus two to your perception. Or you would just say, uh, "Everybody, roll. You get a plus two. Right. Or just they just see it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> if someone asks for an active skill roll, it would be an opposed roll where the skill of the trap setter or the ambusher is pitted against the skill of the PC. Some systems do this better than others. Some are more easily modifiable. Gumshoe has a point spend skill system for police procedurals. That's a game I need to run because we need to play that because." Superhero police procedural? Gumshoe. No, 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 oh, gumshoe. gumshoe. Oh, yeah. Any gumshoe. Yeah, any, yeah. any gumshoe. I, I, I have... Maybe next maybe next con someone will run one. Trail. People have done it before. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, has a point skill system for police procedural... Procedural. Drink. <laughs> Fifth edition D&D has a passive perception score for the P- each PC to use when they are not actively looking for danger. Yes. Uh, in Fantasy Flight Star Wars, you can get the PC skill level as a difficulty. We, were, we just talked about that. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I've modified Savage Worlds. I've modified Savage Worlds for police procedurals uh, to have a pool of bennies instead of individual ones at the start of the game. Any time they failed a perception roll or did not get the proper number of raises, I can take from the pool and give them the information. The biggest thing is from game to game and scene to scene in the game, use the perception checks to heighten the tension to tell a better story. If it stops the story or makes it dull, don't roll the The dice! dice. I think we can agree on that. Sergeant Dan, USMC, Johnston County, North Carolina. P.S. Drink! (laughs) NBA is gumshoe. I didn't know there was an NBA role-playing game. Uh, Do you complain about how much money you make? 
Knights Black Agents. Oh, I thought I'm... Oh. Yeah. That's I, a different I have NBA. that. I've only played... Is that the Mas- National Basketball Association? No. No. Knights Black Agents. But... Um, uh, an NBA role-playing game would have a an argument phase. Of course it would. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, PPS, since you hawk your California conventions. Indeed. Hawk indeed. on them. I, I haven't sold one. No, hawk, well, well I think he, mean, he means... It's a slang, means a slang giver yeah. term. I know that, but... Come to Fear the Con 10, X-Con. Yeah. And meet the gaming family you always wanted. P-P-P-S, remember to go Aww. to church. Yep. He will be running Traveler at Fear the Con 10. I think he does that. So, perception checks. Yeah. Uh, I was in a game once, I think you were there, and I think you were there, where we roll perception checks for almost everything, and it got to be really tiring, and it got to be really old, and I understand, in, from that extreme, to use perception checks wisely to drive the story forward, because in this case, they really weren't. It was more of a stalling tactic, and it was really more of a... I, I think it was just a default. Like, a filler. Like, like, well, I don't know if I should tell them. But go ahead and roll. Um, he was still unsure about whether or not right. to, to share information or not. I mean, this story was still kind of sacred. And then maybe that's where perception rules kind of come from, is that the GM is still holding on to his secrets very tightly and playing his cards close to the vest, and he wants a perception check to, so that he can give you that information. Well, it harkens back to the, the adversarial GM. A kind bit, of kind of, yeah. yeah. Where, where it's, where it's an, a, a GM against us kind of thing. Um, and... <coughs> If you bank on them passing a perception check to advance your story, to advance the story, the growing story, you run the risk of them not of them failing. Right. And then what do you do? Now, this goes back to this we've said over and over and over again. If a data point is necessary for them to move forward, they get it. Yeah. They get it. They're just yeah. going to get it. I think... And I, I, I've seen, I've been in games where GMs have said, okay, everyone make a perception check. Mm-hmm. And, like, no one makes it, and they get the information anyway. Right. It's so, a stalling tactic. Right. So I, I think that's Go ahead, it's a stalling I think tactic. sometimes it might be. I don't, I don't know that I think it's an adversarial GM I think it harkens tactic. back to that. I'm not saying know. it is. No, I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's a learned... Uh, behavior when you're first running games that people just don't kind of break because players can enable that sometimes where it's like I want, I'm looking for this thing and it's not even like you're necessarily asking for oh, a there perception are, role but yeah. there are people who do that where but it's like I'm you know I'm going to search the room I'm going to go through the desks I'm looking behind pictures I'm trying to find this thing and it's just kind of a crutch it's and, like at well, that point you can give it to them because they're yeah. it's, it's clear that they've that they've they're searching for whatever's there but right. I do think it's well, a, it's the skill that's on the paper so people get so used to being like okay roll to see what you find there's kind of two schools of thought mm-hmm. in GMing when you do that one is okay make a perception check yeah. the other is okay where are you searching right you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's one harkens way back to old older games when there was no such thing as a notice check. 
when it was, okay, where are you going to search? Where are you going to mm-hmm. look? Okay, I'm going to look over here. I'm going to look behind the bookcase. I'm going to look at da-da-da-da. And the GM has a little note and thing. The, the, the switch for the secret door is behind the fourth book on yeah. the third shelf. Fl- and he's going to sit and wait until that happens. Right. So I, I remember yeah. when I was a teenager playing, mm-hmm. you know, we would go into a room and, like, divide and we would literally go down the wall to the corner. Oh yeah, down Such the wall every, to the corner. Every every ten feet, got to search it's for like, secret doors. when you're mapping, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, you know, I look back on that now. I'm like, God, that was boring as yeah, fuck. Yeah, Well, unless that's the kind of. <laughs> but game you had a good play. time doing it. Um, True. <laughs> when I when I run the when I run the freak show games, I ask for perception rules fairly often, and it does two things for me. A couple of it's more than two. It does a couple of things. Sometimes it allows me to hand information only to the one character that succeeds. Uh huh. Sometimes it allows me to set up that character to say, hey, guys, there's something over here. Suddenly they had a little focus on them. Or, uh, oh, my God, the goblins are attacking everybody. Look, and nobody mm-hmm. what? Or um, it, it allows, maybe sets up a bit of initiative. Like somebody starts charging down the mm-hmm. corridor. Everybody else, now, now you get to roll, and you know, the person that's down the corridor is, is going combat first. So it can do a couple of good things if used judiciously and knowing full yeah. well that... As long as you're not hanging everything off of the one perception check, see or pictures on the wall with <laughs> or, tape. or pictures on the wall. But but <laughs> I, I I think that I think he's he's really onto something, which is if it stops the story or yeah. makes it dull, what are you doing well, it for? Yeah, and another thing you can do to increase tension is like is you know, what do you want to increase tension about? Do you want to increase tension about what they what they don't know? And, and the mystery that's in front of them, or do you want to increase tension about the thing that that they now know is in front of them? And oh crap, how are we going to do, deal with that? You can artificially or really create tension by telling, by having in your head, okay, this is going to be a incredibly high DC perception check. Okay, everyone, make a perception roll. I need to know how much you made it by. Yes. Um, Which you've done, or or yeah. I need to know what your what number you got. Okay, all right, what thank the- you, and then don't tell them anything. Right. Obviously, the really hidden thing you didn't happen to what notice. What is it, though, that's inherently, this has to be some human curiosity thing, or uh, there is something that is inherently satisfying about being able to discover something. Because you think about all the other skills you have bonuses for, and whether you're you know, social combat and it's deception and bluff and whatever, you're in physical combat, or... Uh, but there is something that I think, what I was saying earlier, where the players um, kind of enable that, like, sort of love of perception checks. I don't know. I bet you, if you were to take a, a typical RPG mm-hmm. and take the combat out and yeah. just just count the number of rolls for stuff, I bet you perception rolls is way up there. Absolutely. I agree. No, I'm I think sure it's so. probably 75% of them. Well, and here's, here's the other thing that occurred to me when you're asking this. Yeah. It's a little off your topic, which is interesting. Maybe we can chase that in a minute. But I was thinking about the mechanics of the perception. You know, I think you also need to honor that. If you're playing, well, I played in one of your games where I played, um, um, not Balder, um, Heimdall, mm-hmm. who can perceive everything. And and I, you need to honor that mechanic. That was his one power. That was his one cool thing. But if I'm also playing you know, a half-elf ranger with keen sight, oh, you know, I want to be able to use that because right. I, I the, well, it's in the, it's in the character. It's yeah. inherent in the character. That, you can't just give perception to everybody. Wait a minute! I'm I'm the perceiving guy. I'm the I'm the looking right. guy. Well, that that and that's to your point. That is totally the I spent points on this. Mm-hmm. I should be 
I should be able to use that. Or, or my, you know, it's inherent in the, in the character, the race no. or whatever. Um, you know, and that's Elf. by the same token, you know, if I spent points on my making my character, um, you know, he goes to. Or anything with a right angle, and I can, yeah. oh, thank you. Um, you know, I, I spent points to make my character, you know, charming and, and persuasive. I should get to use that in the game. So do you just give that guy all the information all the time? No. No. How do you honor that without making perception rolls? It's built into that character, so I don't I don't think I mean your bonuses well, no, no. and your well, yes, but but if you're not gonna make rolls anymore or if you're gonna oh, I see if, what you're you're going to, if you're going to you passing honor, on how do you honor that character's skill in that skill right. that you're not using anymore? I say don't not make the perception roll, just use them differently. And maybe more sparingly. And more sparingly. Make because them more otherwise meaningful. you're right, then that's Make them meaningful. Make them meaningful. I think you kind of touched on a point that is an opportunity with a with a perception roll. If you're about to ask someone to make a perception roll, instead of doing that, look around the table and see who the most passive person at the table is, and ask and tell them. Oh, by the way, you happen to notice something. Mm-hmm. Pulls them into the story. Uh-huh. Suddenly, all the other characters are interacting with them. It yeah. seems to me I, that is a golden opportunity. If you're going to tell them anyway, and you're going to say, okay, everyone make a perception roll, just tell them and say, oh, you just happened to be glancing over at the bookshelf and you noticed the fourth I, I might, I might even take that another step and give them that information without the others knowing about it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah write it out or slack it to slack them. Slack it to them yeah. because that gives them the chance to, to control... How, how that information yes. gets out. Well, and that's the other and thing. And what happens? Because yeah, exactly, you could give them a clue, and they may just not even share it with the rest of the group, right? Which <laughs> that's never happened. No. <laughs> um, it depends. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about if you have a, a very passive character, not someone yeah. who's like going to sock away information. You it, know who those are usually after I, not I, too long. <laughs> yes, you know who you are. I, yes. I don't know. Per se, I know what you're saying yeah. too, about about perception, about people being curious and stuff too, and. And in many ways, that's what a, de- um, a detective game is about: is putting the clues Absolutely. together and, and finding the stuff. And it's really, and that's why Gumshoe's great. It's like this is what the game is. is right. you know, it's not about combat; it's about putting together the pieces. So you need to give them right. all the pieces so they can put this puzzle and together. You, and I think it's important to give them information, but not meaning. Well, and you just said something though that's interesting. It's I think that applies to not just an investigative. You know, detective type of story. That's what is the other thing you do in a in a D and D fantasy adventuring party besides combat? Like you're you're, you're, usually, you're exploring. Yeah, you're exploring. Right. So, and the nature of exploring ex- is yeah, you're either in, exploring and, tunnels yeah. to try to see what's there, or trying to figure out relationships. What's on the other side of that mountain? Yep. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's part of it too. And even in, I gotta say, even in like Massive Multi Online, some of my favorite things to do is just run around and look at stuff because these yeah. people spend a lot of time right? designing that world. And I want to like what's Easter eggs and there? Not yeah, just Easter eggs. I just want to. see what these guys what were yeah. doing? I don't know. Your dogs are going berserk. Maybe there's actually an intruder. Could be. Could be. Could be. Um, I'll start the next email. Yeah, start the next email. Thank okay. you very much, Sergeant Dan, for the yeah. email about perception checks. No, there was some good suggestions well, in there, too. Provocative audit. Provocative yeah. title. Nobody can hear you, but that's cool. Oh, I just, <laughs> no, they provocative title. I can hear you. Provocative title. Hi, yeah. <laughs> Killing the Murder Hobo from James. Shut the up. Are you sure? Oh, uh, that's right. We yeah, because we skipped that. Yeah, right. Yeah. He just did that. Dear Douchebag Wranglers. That was it. <laughs> oh, hi. 
<laughs> we thought you died. We thought you left us and you We thought all of you died. <laughs> you just out here barking like assholes. <laughs> Long time listener, first time writer, while listening to episode 16, season 18, and covering my ears during the mic adjustments, I was lost <laughs> in thought of searching for a method of making murder hobos extinct. I figured I'd come again to the conclusion that there wasn't a solution and move on to your next conversation. Then I thought, what about only awarding full XP when the players don't kill the bad guys? Oh, <laughs> interesting idea. I see what he did there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Killing a bad guy is the easy way out. And when do easy things ever teach someone anything much? That's what a brilliant idea. <laughs> it really is. Now the players are forced to do their own balancing of easy XP versus the problems of keeping NPCs alive. This would also scale up as the players are dealing with bigger and badder foes. And it might also force them to make different decisions about how they're going to improve oh, their characters as <laughs> yeah. things go on. Well, I need to be, I need to, you can, my you barbarian needs to be able to talk to people and I yeah. need fast talk. Who cares about <laughs> dual wielding axes? <laughs> yeah. You could, and you could easily make that a lava land or even just the whoever gave you the mission. It's like, uh, I need you to go to this dungeon, but I, I bring the monsters back alive. Right. I need information from them. Or maybe mm-hmm. he's assembling a monster army. Whatever. No, we can torture them before we kill them and get all of the information they have. That's, that's humane. What but, that's what they'll but, say. Um. Conan the Fast Talker. Thank you, Mighty Buona. <laughs> uh, James awesome. from the boundary between Chicago and Illinois. No form name. P.S. Shotgun a beer and a chorus burp for the mics. Oh, I, I could never shotgun. I would shotgun. Be dead. I, I remember. I'm not going to shotgun the whole thing. All right. That was impressive, that was though. <clears throat> I remember Bill. And I apologize to everyone in Canada who doesn't like hearing burps like of the mic. Burps, yeah. I remember Bill. Although I don't know if that's forest. Years ago, was talking no. about. She's, uh, a, she's in their high forest. Hi, Forrest. Hey, Forrest. Uh, was talking about a, when Bill was talking about a, um, a it, was a, it was an online game. It was a, it was a and they were they were trying to figure out is there a way to win this or get past this without killing? And sometimes in these video games, you're like, well, I don't want to necessarily kill this person. I don't, I don't know. Oh. I don't know well enough. Uh, why, why would I want to do that? Uh, Halo. Yeah, might the have very, been Halo. The very first Halo. I were like going along, and you know, you have all those Marines with you, and yeah. you're. You start to kind of get protective of them, yeah, because they're not in the super cool armor that has the force fields on it, and they they're just not as badass as you are. Right. So you kind of when you when you when you like you jump into a jeep and they all take all the gun positions for you and you move along, you start to get a little attached to them. And then just before spoilers for a twelve year old video game, game um, <laughs> when you when you first get just bo- in, in this in the scenario where you meet the flood, yeah, there's a marine. With a pistol, sitting there, and he's obviously lost his shit. And what you don't know is that the flood has already happened. And he's the sole survivor. So you come into this place, and this guy takes a pot shot at you. Now it's with the pistol, and you're in your powered armor with your shields and stuff, and it's not a problem. And he only has like two rounds or three rounds, and he, t- and he fires, and then he doesn't have any more ammo. But. No, no. Does he keep shooting? I think he keeps shooting. I think he doesn't. I, I think he doesn't run out of ammo. That was the problem. I'm like, okay. Now, if he keeps shooting at you, he is going to get through your armor and kill you eventually, yeah. right? So you have like you move back. It's like I don't want to kill him, right? I how do I? 
You have to. Yeah. You have to kill him to get oh. past that scene. And, and that sucks. That's it does. horrible. And, and there's well, a couple of, couple of bottlenecks that happen in games like that, too. You're like, why would I, why would I make that decision like to kill him? that's the only unlock? Because, so because it's a computer program. Well, and no, it will, no, but still. It, okay. That's it will, a terrible thing. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. All, what I'm saying is it will never let you do anything other than someone like me said so. Well, I, we we all get that. I get that. It's but just it should have had a. It, it yeah. should have had something where it should have yeah. had a different different path. Maybe you can. I, I don't know. You well, can't knock anyone out, you, but maybe you can like you know do like a melee hit or something, and he just goes unconscious. I'm using it as an analogy for right. like when maybe. we actually play role playing games. It's like instead of just having them kill the big bad, you know, why don't you have them plead for his life? Now they have a moral quandary they have right. to deal with as well. No, they don't. They can. It depends. It depends how well you play it. it. Yeah. Remember the goblins in the in the D&D? I wasn't in that game, but yes, I only heard about it. I was. It was you. Kimmy ran it. No, 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 no. That was the that was ghosts. Is, oh. I'm talking about the goblins. You guys found a bunch oh, of goblins right. and started killing them, and and, oh, that's right. and there was yeah. one left, and he said we were forced to do this because they took our women and children right. away from yeah. us and they have them hostage. Right. Yeah. And no. he killed them anyway. And you went. Oh, and then he my went. Bad. And, he, and then he went there and he went. Oh shit! They were right. They actually are being held hostage. Uh, and uh. An example I really like <laughs> is you know they go into the town, and um, there are goblins, right. So, what, being good little adventurers, what do they do? They kill go them. beat up the goblins. Cause, yeah, right, kill them. Except that the goblins in the town mm-hmm. have a treaty. So when they attack the goblins, the goblins don't attack them back. They do two things. They send their emissary to the town to go to the, the town council and go, We need to file a grievance. We need to file a grievance. <laughs> These people <laughs> are... officially at war. And the other thing they do is they send a runner up the mountain to the goblin king to say, Hey, humans attacked our town, attacked our village. You gotta help us out. Gotta help us out, okay? But when the Goblin players bring war, right? Then when the player characters get back to town and they get surrounded by three hundred, you know, militiamen, right. it's like you can fight if you want. I'm not gonna bother to roll dice. You're dead, <laughs> right? Because I got three hundred militiamen. You're gonna die. Exactly. And I mean, I, I, I used to do uh, kobolds when I used to run my old, old, uh-huh. old GURPS fantasy game. Uh-huh. Kobolds were kind of like they were kind of like. Uh, they have comic half a hit point, yeah. Right, you got a half hit die. They got three hit points. This is in GURPS, but they're and they're, they're kind of they're little puppies. They're like neg three intelligence, right? And, and, and they're just like they're just kind of dumb. They're kind of dumb, kind of funny, right? Right. And they were they were harmless until you get a bunch of them, yeah. Or if they turn, or if you turn your back on them, right? They are little fuckers. They were little fuckers, but they were also very entertaining, right? So the party wouldn't always slaughter them. It's like. Oh, let's keep this one around. He's kind of cool. <laughs> and then um, kill him in their sleep. What I would do is, is that <laughs> take the, the shit. The kobolds weren't, weren't dumb, right? They were very smart, but they were weak and they knew it individually. So they played dumb. So they played dumb, and then they would lure the, the player characters into a into a bad situation. Um, as an example, you know the the ubiquitous crossing passageways. Mm-hmm. Okay, except that all the passageways go down to where they intersect. So when the player characters go down there, the kobolds now all have the high ground around them and right. all four passages. And as we all know, yes. it's the high ground. <laughs> yep. We have the high ground! <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, they would, like, roll shit down at them and pour bo- <laughs> boiling oil down oh. on them. And they'd have murder holes in the ceiling over them. Ah! And- <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, and I... They're kind of like little Jawas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're kind of like little Jawas. They are the Jawas of fantasy. They are. Right. But, <laughs> the Utini. But, you know, here's the, the big you know bad. That. They could say that. <laughs> they Chris could. is giggling they and she doesn't even know <laughs> right. why. Um, but, you know, the player characters are getting their asses handed to them by a bunch of half-hit dice kobolds. And there's nothing they can do about it. Because every right. time they move, they get whacked. Yep. <laughs> I remember the day... Chad, who was GMing, we up to this point we'd always encounter kobolds at groups of four or five, and we just level them. And he he had the brilliant idea of bringing in like thirty or forty, <laughs> like they were kind of streaming in through the door. And we kept up for a little while, and then they just kept wave after wave, and they it was almost a TPK. Eventually, I mean, they're really? going. There was roll. just enough of them that they right. just kept hitting us, and we were only like second or third level. We were like, ah, kobolds, and we were like, holy <laughs> shit, because that's how you play kobolds. Yeah. It's not, they're like ants. There's not one. There's like a hundred. A of them. horde. Yep. A swarm of kobolds. Um, That's funny. Well, and and here's the thing. I mean, the murder hobo is still going to be like Lancelot from the Holy Grail. He's just going to run in and like you know, dun, 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 dun. I mean, and that you, that's their idea of fun. They just want to kill shit. Right. And yes. then if you start and making them do moral quandary stuff, it's like, why are you talking to my experience points? As, <laughs> as you say. Right. Right. I think that although well, that it, it that if you're there may be some players out there who are who play the murder hobo game because they've played them. All of a sudden, Maybe they don't know better. You give them yeah. a moral quandary. All of a sudden, they're like, oh. "Well, well, that's why I'm, I'm oh, curious about what he says." This is interesting. I don't or, know yeah. what to do. Or, now you're pissing me off, man. I right. was all ready to kill these guys. Fight you, fuck you. Or <laughs> what I would suggest instead of penalizing them for killing them, give them an XP bonus if they get past it without it. Okay. Well, that's kind of what he was saying, right? Yeah. The, uh, yeah, what are you exactly. saying? He's saying you cut their XP in half if they kill them. Didn't he? I thought uh, he did. O- only awarding full XP when the players don't kill the bad right. guys. Right, right. So give them a 50% bonus. Right. Uh, I think there's gotcha. something you need to do in, in, in addition to that. more carrot, less stick. Yeah, I think there's something you need to do Got in addition it. to that. And that's before game... Hit him in the face with the carrot. <laughs> you, you have to have that, that grown-up grown conversation where you set expectations. That works on some people. Yeah, I, I don't know that in this particular case. I think if you just say, I'll try something, guys. Uh, or to, I'm gonna, I don't think no one's yeah. going to complain if you give them more XP. Well, that's what I mean. Like, right. say you I have to tell them something, but they have to I'll know that's like happen. it's like yeah. housebreaking a puppy. I'll give they you have 50% to know more XP. Why they're getting punished or getting rewarded? And that's the, that's the difficult part. That's the difficult part because you have to you have to you have to catch them when they're being good right. and reward well, them. And the, it's well, like even today, my dog is eight nine months old. She peed in the where she's supposed to pee. I went over. What a good girl for peeing where you're supposed to pee. <laughs> well, and the other end of that is they have to. The other end of that is is make make murder have consequences. Yes, yes. I get it. If you're yeah. murdering people in uh-huh. a dungeon and nobody can see you, but if you're if you start a bar fight and you start killing people in the inn, I mean that should have genuine consequences. They can't just be traipsing around well, town without. Well, I'm glad that happens. I agree. Oh, if fine. if we put this in right. A, if you put this in a medieval context, if you go in, if you go into a town and you kill the blacksmith, okay, you've killed an important member of that town, mm-hmm. of that town. But not only that, there's a lord, and over, above him is a count, and above him is a duke, and above him is a king, and every one of these people is is bound by their honor and their oaths to protect these people. Absolutely. So you're gonna you kill the blacksmith. You go to bed that night. 
You wake up the next morning and the inn is surrounded by a thousand of the of the Duke's troops. Now you guys would be considered dangerous people, or at least the one guy is. Yeah. Like, bring, uh-huh. Send out and, Lancelot or then, we're coming in after you. And, right. and don't sugarcoat it. You know, one, I would there's not gonna be any dice rolled. Cause you know, you're you're not gonna get out of that. But they're not gonna kill you. Because they have orders to take you prisoner. Right. right. There's because your and... your trial and your execution are going to be very public. Right. And, and and not not only that hierarchy, but also that blacksmith probably has a brother yeah. who might be in the clergy, or he might be a a, See, that a cobbler right. or something else. And he's like, wait a minute, that guy killed my brother, uh-huh. or or maybe he's got parents who maybe have a little bit of money, or maybe he's got you know adult children who are like. Hmm, there's all kinds of people the, that could go after this guy. Oh yeah, the the having a, a the brother in the church opens a great possibility. Oh sure, but oh you need you need healing. Too bad. Even just casual killing in the field, right? If they're out there and they you know they run into bandits and they kill them, or whatever. I mean, now all of a sudden there's a bandit lord who's missing eight of his best men. He's pissed off. He's trying to track him down. Sure. Or or you you just kill some some you know guy that was out on the road or whatever and, and took his horse. Well, you know. Down the road, the, the people are like, Oh, there's oh, bandits are about. Or there's messed. Right. right. All of these things should have consequences. I mean, even if you don't arrest them, even if the town is now incredibly nervous and respectful of you, but, you know, secretly they're they're hiding their children and women and, and, right. not, and, and jacking up the prices and they want you out or whatever it is. There needs to be consequences right. to your actions. You teeth. can't just. Yeah. And, and those teeth need to not be, I'm going to send people to kill you. Right. Because that's just. just Ratcheting up the—that's just escalating. I mean, body, even body in Moss Eisley, a, ven- a den of scum and villainy, you cut off somebody's arm with a lightsaber. They respect you and everything, but eventually the fucking authorities came by looking for you too. Right? right. That—that's what right. happens, right? No. <laughs> yes, that's what I thought because uh, this kind of this topic came up in a post-game conversation in our uh, Age of Rebellion game, right? Uh, because we ended up in a. Uh, a shootout with some guys in a cantina and then somebody pulled out like I don't know all manner of giant cannon oh yeah pulled that, out a hand cannon that or like, like or like a heavy blaster yeah. or a heavy repeating blaster yeah no it was he brought a gun to a knife fight ridiculous it was yeah. he shot it, it, which brought a howitzer to a gunfight schools it shot through schools it was and I, I was like, ninjas. We're in, and we're in, uh, we're on, I forget what. uh, Norhada. Yeah. So we're in. No, Hut Space. Hut Space. Right. So, okay. It's a little bit Wild West, right? And there's, but but then uh, it was pointed out to me that uh, Han totally shot only. And offed somebody in the middle of a cantina. There wasn't really all that. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, there would have been I was like, looking. We're trying to be the, on the, the down the, low, and we're trying to. Right, but the, yeah. the, the stormtroopers did come looking, right? That's true. And, and it would have caught up with them eventually, yeah. I mean, there's people that were scattered up, because that's yeah. the kind of information that's useful. It's like, I've got information on Han Solo. He's a, he's a murderer. That's true. How much will you pay me for but it? But I was like, know? oh, okay, I guess that's true that there is like. It may not have been immediate retribution, yeah. but or you know, and it's certainly, I mean, yeah. certainly any bar has a bouncer <laughs> whose job it is to stop that kind of shit, too. So, you know, if you shoot the guy that you're arguing with, the bouncer may come up and crush your skull right there. Right. Or, what? Well, uh, anyway, yeah. the point, we, we, Ramifications. we've beaten this one to death now, too, haven't we? <laughs> Ramifications. Yeah, just everything should have a consequences. I, I, I just think that Gre- Greedo, all he was trying to do is bring bad men to justice. 
Yeah. And the motherfucker he's, got killed. He had he was a wanted man. He had a bad right. he was job. You know, I bet he had and a, he had a, and he was good at it. And I bet he had a wife and two little children. He back probably home. did. He pro- probably yeah, the little well, with the little mm, yeah. mouth, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cuz the and, and, and then hand, you know. Yeah. Murder hobo that he is. Murder hobo that he is. <laughs> Listen, if you want to succeed in any business that's even slightly dodgy, don't go by the name greed. <laughs> it's just it's a telegraph right there. My greed that's a microaggression. You that, that's being very anti-Rodian. <laughs> yeah, it's probably yeah. a noble name. Why why got to be about greed, man? Well, <laughs> yeah. And he was green to boot. Maybe it was. Okay. It's always exactly. about color with you. Green go. A long-time green. listener finally writes in from Forrest. Woo-hoo. Who's that? Hello. Right, Forrest, right. Hello, happy jack wagons. No. Forrest Hello. has never heard that before, I'm sure. <laughs> Wait, run for, right, Forrest, right? <laughs> never heard right, Forrest, right? I'll bet you she's never I heard right, Forrest, totally right? I totally thought the same thing the whole time. I was like, yeah, because it's Forrest. She Hello. went to go get tea. She's not listening. Hello. <laughs> happy jack Did wagons. Did she say that? I love you. <laughs> I love you too, Forrest. I really do. Forrest is pretty freaking awesome. Do you know, I've yep. been listening since season three or so, and never once sent you a letter? What? I can't decide if it's my self-control or my general agreement with your ideas that's to blame, but I have broken my lurk to oh. send in a figurative book report about a game technique. Okay. Can I interrupt for one second? Forrest, if you're in agreement with us, seek mental help. Just, no. I'm just saying. It depends about what. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not willing to dismiss everything. Oh. There's a certain level of insanity and such here. Yeah. But not. I like to call it revelry. Universal. That's true. Sorry. That's true. There's, yeah, she's not there. There's some knowledge <laughs> oh, she amongst is a, all the Should we skip her and, and bring no, Yeah, you know what? I think we should. Let's skip her. Read, hello, read a Roman. finally writes. We'll yeah. come back to it. I'm yeah, we'll come back to that. Should I finish it? No, oh, go, ahead, go ahead and go to the Roman yeah. Call of Cthulhu one-shot or The Adventures of Biggest Dickest from Ed from Minnesota. He has a wife, you know. <laughs> His wife, <laughs> Ned. Hello, stupendous jackers and protractor... Protectorate. 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 I want to say protractorate. <laughs> but it's the protectorate. dilute acidic acid. They have very, very precise angles in the protractorate. P-D-A-A... Pro All right. What? I was just trying it. to figure out if it was like if there's an anagram for something there. It's like you know. And the, uh, br- oh, the dilute the protectorate of dilute acetic acid. Acetic acid. acetic acid. Dilute acetic acid. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that aspirin? No, no that's salicylic acid. Oh, all right. <laughs> Greetings from Minnesota. It was a balmy 14 below zero this morning, and the Aww. inside handle of my garage door was coated in a refreshing layer that's of frost. That's flip flop weather, right? That's making me miss home. Is that in Celsius? Is that where you're from? Yeah, it is. Is that Kelvin? Yeah, <laughs> it's Kelvin. Uh, presuming you are now done taunting me for continuing to live where I do. See, Gina moved, and she still, she loves it here. I do. Where where in Minnesota were you from? The up north. Where it was north really country, cold. About an hour and a were half. Were you a Uper? from the Canadian? No, you're from oh, Michigan. Oh, Michigan. That's sorry, Mi- Michigan. Yeah. Um, it's the other side of the lake. I was near. Can- Just for the record, we don't Canada. need any more people. We actually got Canadian broadcast television where I was from. Oh, really? Yep. So you got quality That's, television. Yeah. Yeah. You could think like, you can't do that awesome. on television. Well, you get Hockey Night Remember Canada. That That's really all you Very need. Very polite. What's I don't the red? That. Is the red green show? Is that Canadian? Oh, that was so awesome. Yes, it was Canadian. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> the, the duct tape minute where you. Like, <laughs> 
Yes, I do. Hated it with duct tape. Oh, oh red green. Yes, TBS. Loved it. Yep. But it was from Canada. It was. Is it? Yeah. Or is it just PBS people making fun of me? I'm pretty sure. I think I looked it up at one point. I don't know. Red Green was awesome. A lot of the a lot of the home improvement shows. Yeah, just so you know, we were reading your email for us, but we skipped it because you went to get tea. Yes. Yeah. So we'll, 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 all right. Reading so we'll, we'll go back. It's never been done before. No, it's to my never knowledge. been done. Before. No. But you, yep. Because you you won't you, you won't be in here. All right. So I wanted to get your thoughts. You recently talked about the dangers of falling down a flight of stairs and how that translates into a few different RPGs. Yes, that's my that's my tactic for figuring out how. Or just falling in general. Just, right. At a certain level in 5th edition D&D, you can no longer die. Well, I like to use stairs. It's like, you know, let's just, because that way it's standard, right? It's an oddly specific It example. is, it is, but it's, a, it's, it's like a standard test. You it's push, it's totally push. Stork, though. It's the big giant Pratt fall down the stairs. Yes, <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> I can totally see Stork walking up to the top of the stairs and like, now, <laughs> do, you, do you gain bennies by falling down right. the stairs? Right. Do you, do you take too much damage that you can no longer go on with the adventure? Right. That's not a good thing. If it's D&D, you just, you just fall down. You, you dust yourself off. If it gurps, you're dead at the bottom of the stairs. I mean, it, it, it all makes sense. Most likely. Not, <laughs> not every time. Right, but your corpse is arranged decorously. It, but but each, let's just say it's a, it's a flight of, of 12 steps, right? And then you get to figure out. So it's a 12-step By program. falling down the stairs, and that defines yeah. the system for you. I, I think it's a I, great I would I would call that... A, how, many, how many steps are there? Uh, I'm going to say 12. Okay. Said it's a 12-step program. program. That, that I would call that a 12-blunt-weapon uh, attack. Yes! That's what I'm saying. You may make defense rolls. Yes. <laughs> and then whatever damage you take during those 12 attacks... In D&D, they're like, I fall down the stairs and get up and run on. Or Okay, take 2d6 damage. Okay. Or, I still have 90 hit points. Or... <laughs> Or your armor take, you know, what's your armor? Oh, you're wearing plate? Never mind. This is totally not, but sort of, who's on first? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about that Niagara Falls! <laughs> Slowly. The I turn. Okay, so... Uh, You've got a kind face. <laughs> While a point was implied, it was not explicitly stated that different systems portray different types uh, or of wor- worlds? Slash games. games. Oh, slash games, all right. Uh, an 8th level D&D character doesn't worry about falling 20 feet, but a GURPS fantasy character with 200 character points might be crippled or killed by it. Sure. A lot of uh, conversations can come from this, but the most important one for me is, what kind of game or sl- slash story are you trying to tell slash play? Play slash tell. Uh, you may want to play a game where you have to roll to take every step up a thousand step staircase. More power to you. Me, I prefer to roll only when it feels like there's a reasonable chance of failure. By the way, looking at Google shows at one in <laughs> two million ten thousand. Oh, right. I was chance of death. Very roughly rolling eight or nine on a eight D six. Please pause to console Stork. I, I'd do it. You know I would. You know I I'd at some right. point fall down all those stairs on and die. D six. Coming back to the system, I think the problem you and most other gamers actually have is one of character advancement over rule setup. I blame Gary Gygax for this one, but let me explain. I love Fallout and Skyrim, and the storylines for both games are incredible and leave me in awe of the effort that have gone into them. What sucks is that they are level-based. The first time I killed a dragon in Skyrim, a piece of me died. 50-foot dragon fighting off dozens of soldiers, killed by a peasant who can't do anything because I got, I got no skills. By 30th level, the dragons are even more impressive, and I'm casting fireballs that would have killed the first dragon in one hit. Explain how this draws me into the immersion. Right? Right? Levels suck. <laughs> I think most of us can agree. I think Epic Fifth is the 
best house rule for D&D out there. I'm not sure what that means. I, I don't know what that is. It's either. epic. I looked it up. It's ep- he's tar- I think he's talking about epic levels of playing D&D at epic levels. Oh. oh all right. See, I, I, assumed, fight, he, I, I yeah. assumed he meant like, like, like certain stats or well, maybe, H- maybe HP and, and damage freeze at fifth level, but you keep getting all of your other stuff. That's what I assumed it Yeah, because it does say house rule. It's a house rule. Because fifth song. level is like where all the fun stuff starts. Okay. Right? That's where you just get like fireball and stuff. Isn't it fifth level? Like fifth I, would, level I assume he was so. talking about fifth edition. Uh, but I don't know. Go chat room. But even if this isn't really enough to make a believable world, this is why I like Shadowrun. Ooh, wow, that's an interesting choice. Okay, mm. characters start very competent. Well, now Jason said he's going to run Shadowrun for those of us who have been scarred by Shadowrun right. or have really? tried to read the book, which right. is also okay. scarred. Characters yeah, start no, very competent sure. and don't change much from there. They are good at what they do, which makes them interesting, and the world doesn't constantly change to suit them. They have to adapt to the world. Want to attack the corporate HQ? Great. Here, uh, There is a fire team in the lobby and another rapid response team hidden nearby. Good luck. There are only three of you. Probably a bad plan to go full frontal, isn't it? That depends. Do it anyway! Is it? Is, it, is that a yeah. bad plan? I don't know it's a bad plan. Uh, I think this is also one of the reasons we see so many one-shots getting played. Uh, focus on the story, not on going up levels. I ran a Call of Cthulhu one-shot based in, in ancient Rome. Nice. That was probably one of my best and most favoritist games. You didn't say favoritist, I did. <laughs> we focused entirely on the game and nobody cared about what they had to do to get XP. Your thoughts. I could go on, but I would rather do something more interesting. Mental masturbation has its limits, as opposed to the physical kind. (laughs) (laughs) And for Minnesota, squeegee is just a fun word. PPS, have a lubricating sip, then drink. Uh, Is that a masturbation joke? I've been on record as saying I've never played a Call of Cthulhu past a one-shot, and I'm not even sure I would know what to do past... You know, it, it, Call of Cthulhu seems to have. I would love to run a Call of Cthulhu I mean, game that had a, had a, a long like a campaign. Well, that's kind of what the conspiracy, the moment well, of truth conspiracy yeah. thing is, is, and that's I kind of run out of spite because of Call of Cthulhu because the guy that was running against the right. kind of a yeah. But, Thank you. Well, what's the one where you're on the train and they have all those props and is that the the, the trial of Naralathotep? Naralathotep. Yeah, Mass of Naralathotep. Yeah. That's a, like it's, a long-running Call of Cthulhu campaign, could, right? Oh, it spans the globe. That's what and I it mean. Could, it could, you could, you could spend a year or more weekly playing that game. It is, it is a huge game in scope, and that's it. That that is a book that is a whole campaign. And Call of Cthulhu doesn't necessarily have a whole leveling up. Thing. Not at all. No, it so does not. Really no. I've never show had a character that stayed alive or sane long that's, enough. That's always been my issue, too. To now, Traveler also is the same way. You pretty much show up at the end of Character Gym with a competent character. Right. And even if you're not, it's still you can still attempt to do anything. Sure. Right. Um, so, Well, uh, some, some well, systems are more forgiving. The dice mechanics or whatever are more forgiving than other systems are. True. Yeah, and, and bear in mind that D&D and, and games like it are attrition systems. Yeah. Where you have, you're attriting away, you know your opponent's resources, right? Being hit points, um, you know, that's going to give you a very different resolution, sure, of events than say GURPS, where you have you know this many, or Savage or, World, where you have this many, or even BRP, right? I mean BRP, you only have so much stuff, right? And right? and when your resources are finite and they don't they don't scale up. Like they do, it's that escalation in in D and D that's really the problem, in my opinion. 
I agree. I, I, I think D and D would be a much better game if they took that out. I kind of like the vampire method of doing it, which is you just sort of gain XP, but and things cost. So you can up a skill or buy another thing or right. buy this well, as you gain yeah. XP as it goes. And, and maybe there's a way to maybe it, house rule that into D&D. You, you can make yourself more, give yourself a better survival rating in, in, in Vampire. But you're, the increment is this big instead of being well, this big. In Vampire, you've got, you do, you do have the power creep. But it's a different kind of power creep. It's power You're, creep of what you can do. It, it's dice pool power creep. Yeah, right. So it's like, I can get more successes, but the bad guys, as they get better, maybe they can soak more damage, or there's yeah. there's more stuff. But if you look at the number of hit points you have in a vampire game, whether you okay. are the... The neonate. Or right. the Methuselah, seven, and, or and if, eight, or and whatever And if you're dumping into one power set, you're... you're, you're Sorely lacking in other places, right. which yes. the DM can yeah. go. Oh well, I'm just going to hit you with all these mental stuff now since you're all buffed out. I but, like point but the, by stuff. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, maybe there's a way to because to, it's still it's the cool thing about leveling up is when you get it's kind of like shopping. You're like, oh cool, you I get, get new stuff. stuff. But you get that in other games that where you don't level well, up because in World of Darkness, I oh, I have enough XP to buy a new dot in this. That's right. my point. Thing, yeah. I can yeah. open it's up like green eyes. Buy. Right. Yeah. Or, or like Savage Worlds, right? Novice character, legendary character. Sure, still takes three. Can only take take three wounds, right? On that fourth wound, exactly. Now, now getting those wounds on a legendary character is harder, absolutely, as it should be. Yeah, but the number possibly of, depending on where you put your points, depending on what you do. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's yeah. you just said that yeah, same thing exactly. And, and yeah, it's it's the. You call it a point by system, and I, I kind of it makes more sense to me too, because you're using a skill and you're leveling up a skill that you use, as opposed to like like fourth edition was terrible. All of a sudden you hit a hit a plateau and you get all new power set. You're like, this isn't even the character I'm playing. Not for only the that, last but like months. you lose some yeah. stuff and, like, and replace it with other stuff. Was, that was, that like was the, the suckiest worst part. Worst example yeah. of of a level. I mean, I'm like, what? I have a new character now at fifth level. What what what, what did I just spend the last six months building? Uh, completely undone in one. It was dopey. It's stupid. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I mean, there are people that like lo- the, that that thing. I, I don't know why. That, they're, they're, you know, the, like what thing? That the, the, the whole like no the massive hit pool points and because I hit I did damage I hit because really all that happens in my opinion and in, in my experience with attrition based systems is as the number of hit points go up the things do more. Yeah. Damage. So, why not just leave it all the same? Right. Spoken like a Gerbs GM. <laughs> <laughs> and just make it okay. The guy's hard. That's 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 one of the reasons I I like having games that have defense rolls because that's when you start having that that epic sword fight between like it like from uh, the Princess Bride was like. Oh, I have a confession as well. I'm not left-handed uh-huh. either. But, <laughs> and then suddenly you have these two incredibly skilled guys who can't get a hit on each other. Right. And that's the or, way it should or, work. Or, I mean, it's, it's up to this. They're, they're doing dodge rolls, right? But all it takes is one of them to or, fail a dodge well, roll. In this case, parry. Or parry. But, right. and, and they're just going along and easily parrying each other because they're both incredibly skilled. Well, until right. someone botches a roll and then they get a, you know. And, and that does heighten the And then it does make it take one hit. One hit. Right. And that... That, imagine the, the dramatic tension of that kind of a fight mm-hmm. in a game, sitting at a table. 
Two very skilled characters going at it, trying to fight each other. Neither one's scoring the hit, neither one's scoring the hit. And you both know, once one of you tags the other one, either there's going to be a modifier to the to the mm-hmm. hit player's side, or it's just going to take one hit to knock you down. Right. Right. And, I mean, the tension at the table is going to be like, oh my god, what's going to happen? Also, what's it gonna also happen? depends on where you're going to get hit. As opposed too. to, I do nine points of damage. Okay. I do eight points of damage. Okay. I do nine points of damage. Okay. We had we had I an miss. entire evening of that at uh, fourth edition. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. We had we had like three three and a half hour combats. Yeah. We're all out there in the backyard, and it was an, like the whole game. The whole game was, was one freaking combat, combat. And, and it, everyone was so frustrated because it was a hard combat, and it was boring. Right. Everybody's just waiting for their time to come around. Because, well, and, the, that was also because there was like nine players. And, and uh. in about two rounds, it goes from being, oh, I'm going to describe how I make my attack and do this, blah, 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 blah. And then bing, in bing, two bing. rounds later, it's like, I got a, tw- I got a 22. Can we, just, I hit can we just eight points of damage? Is it dead yet? Yeah. <laughs> it's no fun. Yeah. Can we fast forward? And I've seen it in every game. Yeah, exactly. Okay, she has her tea. She have her tea? Okay. Thank I'll you very much. Uh, yeah, let's just start over again because you you only got like a sentence okay. in. Yeah. Mm. Hello, happy jack wagons. I love you. Aww, we Aww. love her. We too. love you too, Forrest. Do you know I've been listening since season three or so and never once sent a letter. I can't decide if it's my self control or my general agreement with your ideas that's to blame, but I have broken my lurk to send in a figurative book report about a game technique you'd discussed once a long time ago. Hey, Forrest, since you're there, when was, the, when was that video chat that you sent us or that you were in? We, I remember it. They, they think I'm crazy. So let me know what it is, because I know you guys that. emailed I in. I think I'm crazy. I remember somebody calling me in I thought it was a hotel room at Gen Con. And there were a bunch of people in the room. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. anyway, send it. No, they, they think that, was, that, wasn't, that wasn't Forrest. They think that was uh, uh, Juliet. Oh yeah, I think it was too. Okay. I think that's true. That's what they think. I'm gonna let Forrest <clears throat> let us know. Okay. I Forrest am currently running a traveler game online with a couple of good friends and a third friend who is currently way too busy to commit to a weekly game, even over Discord. What is Discord? I don't even know what Discord is. Like a it's a it's a chat, chat client. It's a chat client. Yeah. Like Slack. It's like like Slack or um, is it hangouts like audio? I think so. Yeah, no, I think. It, well, Talkies? I don't know if you can do audio. I haven't actually used. You Discord, can do so the sure. stuff you would do because we talked about it for our pen, our pen and paper or uh, game, the, like the by post game that we we tried to play. Um, we were going to do Discord, oh, so right, I think it's more it like Slack. I don't think it's a. Oh. Yeah. Did you discover things? I, there, what is Discord? <laughs> it's a free voice and text chat app designed oh, specifically for voice. games. There you go. Discord is born out of a, our own frustration with the voice and chat tools that we use while playing games. It's a bit strange that in 2015, most of us are using chat apps that haven't been updated for years to play games that are updated every week. I'm doing that for the talent. Um, we deserve better. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Forrest is a big fan, though, so she could probably help anybody out who's interested in Discord. Uh, I was skeptical of this, too, until he explained that between his PhD thesis in statistical theory, his girlfriend's grad school ordeal, and moving from the southwest U.S. to the eastern seaboard, suddenly I was much more sympathetic. 
usually my first reaction would be to say, well, sorry, pal, call me in a year or whatever, and not try to include him. But he was so stoked to play and have a little bit of pressure <laughs> release that I figured there had to be something we could work out, right? Happy Jacks to the rescue! Now, I can't tell you which season or episode it was, but there was an idea floated around of making a game where there were the players who just play characters, but then other players could be larger factions in the game's world uh, world's background. To my knowledge, nobody ever tried this, except for me. I'm happy to report it's going great. Now I have two guys being space truckers and getting into trouble, and I don't even have to ask myself how their bumbling towards ecstasy affects the <laughs> largest drug smuggling ring in the sector. Because they tell me it's been awesome. When my guys uh, burnt down a warehouse, I got a wonderful reaction in email from a few days later, and it was twice as effective because it didn't sound like me. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Originally, the idea was not to tell the character players that the faction players existed, but that wasn't the case here because the eventual plan is once the third guy is done being crushed by adulthood, <laughs> he can then spin himself into a character or spin himself a character who comes from uh, his faction, and we can all play together. If it actually manages to happen, I'll write again and let you know how it went. Much love from the frozen north, and may your dice lead you to glory in all things. Cheers, Forest from the Forums, or else from Alberta, Canada, if you got to be so literal all the time. Jeez. I went to Alberta. That's where the... um, The dinosaur's from. uh, 1982 World Scout Jamboree was. Oh really? Mm-hmm. The one you? Because did you go to more than one, or did was to, that the I one went you to went to? A national to? jamboree and a okay. world jamboree. The was, world jamboree was in Canada. The national jamboree really? was, was in Virginia. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, I met the king of Sweden at the national jamboree because he's a big scouting dude. Is he, did we talk? He's about actually this not at the big. Time? He's like, actually quite yes. He's yes, we talked still about this. the king of Sweden. Oh, uh, this he is what be. thirty. You years didn't know ago. he was at the time, yeah, but, but the in hindsight, he walked up. He walked up. He was wearing a uniform because he's wearing a. Swedish scout uniform. He walks up and says, "What you guys doing?" He says, "Oh, we're trading patches or something." But I don't remember what we're doing. And he walks by, but he's got this whole entourage with him that passes with him. And 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 one of them says, "Oh yeah, it's King of Sweden." That's cool. Wow. Yeah, you've met royalty. Yeah, and, and lived to tell it. Yeah, I snubbed royalty. Did you? <laughs> well, I didn't. We didn't. Never, we didn't even look up from what we were doing. <laughs> oh yeah, just how old were you? Uh, fourteen, That's maybe. Awesome. And then at like 15 or 16 was the World Jamboree, and that was near Banff. Where's that? In, in Alberta, Canada. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's a great yeah. ski resort. There is a, there, and a massage parlor. Went, <laughs> oh, yeah, went to the massage parlor. <laughs> really? Um, Does the, okay, no, it wasn't, I'm, that kind of, it wasn't that kind of oh, massage. Oh, sure, they never I are. I wished it had been <laughs> at the time, because I was like 15. But um, it was, uh, the Calgary Stampede was going on at the time. Uh, so we went to, and we watched a bunch of the Calgary, do you know what Calgary Stampede is? No. no. Calgary Stampede is like the world's biggest rodeo. It is freaking huge. Yeah, Calgary's totally cattle country. Oh, yeah. Wow. Alberta is totally cattle country. They had like the guys who, the Indians that have like the hooks in, in the, short, doing this thing where they spin around and they, they like are like spinning and come off the ground and are, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Wow. Uh, it's cattle, cattle and oil. 
But we were like 20, 30 minutes outside of Calgary, which is where the campground was. And there had to be, I don't know how many scouts were there, 30 or 40 or 50,000. I mean, there was what? a ton. Because uh, there was like 170 countries at the time represented. Oh, my God. And a, a lot of them are, are American and a lot of them are Canadian because obviously it's in Canada, so there's a ton of Canadian troops there. But um, like the troop right next to us was from Italy, and we had an exchange where they came over and we cooked them dinner one night and then two nights the next night. I think it was for like 10 days, too. I mean, we were there for like almost two weeks. And then the next night we go over and we have dinner with them, and it was awesome. <clears throat> it was so much fun. And I told cool. Zachary all about it, and he's like, oh, I want to do that. I'm like, well, you're probably going to need to become an Eagle Scout kid, because I don't know if you're going to be able to do that without being an Eagle Scout. So Forrest said uh, Stampede is like Mardi Gras for rhinestone cowboys. It's huge. It, <laughs> it was huge. They had, a, they had a freak show, an actual freak show, which we don't really have here, uh-uh. haven't in a long time. They had one there, and it was kind of gross. So was the Something rose, which is like show which was sort of they weren't they were like man-made freaks you know freak like people that would put hooks in themselves and hang themselves or oh. cinder blocks off their nipples no they, they, there was that, there were people there were that were born yeah. with like weird yeah. diseases and we shit don't too. have those anymore yeah. no 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 For, did Forrest ever answer the question about her emailing in or well whatever well, she's in there now okay <clears throat> I remember seeing like yes. a hotel room and I'm pretty sure that was her Banff Banff oh, oh you're talking about that question yeah the where anyway no. It wasn't her? Okay. I don't, well, she hasn't said. She's not answering you. We talked about Freak Show, so I have to... Did you ever watch Carnival? No. Are, are you talking about the uh, the American Horror Story? No. no. There was a show before it's that. a TV show called Carnival. No. Oh, my God. It's so good. I'd love to play a game. Anyone watching the second season of The Expanse? Uh-huh. Yes. Holy fuck. Yeah. Bobby is awesome. Bobby, Bobby is Draper, I, When I first saw her, awesome. I'm like... That's not how I pictured her. It's not how I pictured her either. But after the last episode, I'm like, okay, I'm in love with her. I caught she's one awesome. episode. She's, she's freaking awesome. awesome. She, she's she does good. rock. She's like yeah. six two in real life. Oh six yeah, or six two. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, I remember reading the books. I'm like, how are they going to find a, someone to go to Australia? I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I. That's the one thing I wish she had a Texas accent. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's Hawaiian, the actress. Anyway, no, she's from like New Zealand. No, she's in New Zealand. Yeah. She has a, a yeah. Yeah, she's a model and a, a like a martial arts martial arts something. Uh, something. Forrest says that was Juliet. Okay, not okay. there. It is. There you go. She's the one that made the sin silly. I remember. Thing. Right. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Oh, is it back to me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Back to a big you. GM reveal that worked from Mystic Fidura. Endangered Southern California Happy Jack Douchebats. That is new. Douchebat. Hi, gang. Just listened to the episode about the big reveals and how inevitably players will look at those with quietly raised eyebrows. Mm. One oh, scenario. Oh, so, oh, yeah, oh, that big reveal. It. That's oh, that was fascinating. That's never done that before. <laughs> so, so much XP did we get? Yeah. Oh, that's cute. That, that's cute. <laughs> One scenario that wasn't discussed was the accidental big reveal. That's when your pants fall down. <laughs> now you're bragging. <laughs> All right. I could be talking about my ass. I, I'm going to hope you are. I don't really want to know in either case. These work great. In my weekly D&D game, I have an NPC named Alistair Hole. 
or as the players lovingly call him, a hole. Yeah. All right. That that's funny. Do they call him a hole or a period hole? Because that's what it says. A hole. A dot L. A dot hole. And he. A dot hole. And he is. He's a merchant they always have to go to for magic items because he gives them big discounts and has just about everything. But he always does it at a cost. Usually some sort of temporary deformity the player has to endure, some sort of embarrassing (laughs) practical joke, or a, quote, potion, end quote, he needs to, quote, test, end quote. You just got a shipment of these things in. I have no idea what they do. I'll, uh, I'll buy this for me, but you got to try this potion you first. Try, so let me see what it does. Yeah. Then, yeah. then, I, then I'll know what to charge for it. Uh, it's not a visibility, because I, I can still see you. Already love oh. this character. Yep. Oh, I'm sure those scales will go away. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> ah, it must be, all right, I got, thank you. <laughs> oh, you've evacuated your bowels. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Invariably. Well, that's where that went. <laughs> Invariably, he will mock the player characters after they've grown four feet, produced a ridiculously long beard, or in one case, turned into a cat. Oh, my God. Anyway, over the past year or so in the campaign, A-Hole has been a signature NPC and a sort sort of a hallmark. And he seems to be in whatever town they arrive in, no matter how far or no matter what has happened to the prior town. Really? Town taken over by vampires, a hole escaped. <laughs> Town destroyed by a renegade gith. What's a gith? Uh, they're the they're the githanki. They're the ones that that, uh, yeah. hide, that ride the astral planes. Yeah. Do they have horses? Uh, no, but they're pretty. There's two of them. There's the githanki and the gith. Anyway, Githyari? I know this because like I was doing a gith. Githyari and yeah. githanki. Because I was doing a whole campaign based race on them, and, and they're really cool. Yeah. But they live in like the astral plane and ride these ships around, and and, and they they ride the astral plane and they hunt. They what hunt happens if you look at Gith horse in the mouth? The mind, the, the, <laughs> what? Never ever look a Gith horse in the mouth. Or make a cut a deal with a dragon. And uh, they're the mortal enemy of the uh, of the mind players. What are they? The uh, The illithid. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get off the walls for a yeah. second there? Yeah. No, they're called illithid. I know. <laughs> illithid Gith. The, yeah. the <laughs> A-hole escaped. Town destroyed by a renegade gift. A-hole escapes. A-hole. Escaped. In a town that isn't even on the map. A-hole is there somehow. Wow. I finally decided that Mr. Hole had a more important role in things, and in order for my new play plan to make sense, and for his teleportation powers to make sense, I had to make him an incognito dragon. Dun, dun, dun. Nice. I made that decision at the top of the session and spent the session revealing clues until the party figured it out. I had an NPC in a D&D game who was a dragon, and no one ever figured it out over the course of... Like thirty sessions, and I dropped a lot of clues. Really, the only person that came close was Bruce, who said something about this guy. Really? Yes, I had a, the I had a, the main. The, you can the, talk about it now. The, the duke long gone. The duke of the of the city, the main duke of the area, who like ran that whole uh-huh. area, was a gold dragon. What? Yeah, he had he had replaced all of the dukes. He was all of the dukes. He would just change his... When he would transfigure yeah. into a human, he would just change it slightly when he became the next one. 
which is very secretive. No one ever met his family. They kept him in hiding. There's all kinds of little that's clues awesome. I dropped about him. Oh, that's so cool. And he'd been basically in the protectorate of the humans in this area for like a thousand years. That's cool. Yeah. Um... Incognito Dragon. I made the decision at the top of the session and spent the entire session revealing clues until the party figured it out. I figured it would work great and and made sense for the story's next chapter. To explain his strangeness, I made it so that he he was a very old dragon that was bored with hoarding centuries ago and got his thrill by accumulating wealth through bartering and negotiation, one transaction at a time. Makes a lot of sense. Yes. That's super cool. And fucking with the humans at the same time. Yeah. Makes sense when you think about it. What else would, it, would dragons do in that case? Once they have an entire volcano full of gold. And, and he knows these adventurers are going to find really cool stuff. So sure. Of course he's going to be like, yeah, I'll deal with you. You, kept, you found the... the Seven keys of Intuzler. I've been looking right. for those for centuries. When it was revealed, they completely flipped out. There was stunned silence, yeah. followed by a bunch of players talking over each other, and then a huge round of Omga! <laughs> That's oh my god. Uh, Ermagerd. It was like their minds were blown. They were! Yay! I hadn't anticipated on doing a big reveal, I just needed to tweak him a bit for some meta reasons. You never know what they'll latch on to. True. Anyway, True. well, clearly your players are actually listening to what you're talking well, about. Well, yeah. that character, I could see why you'd be engaged with that character why? anyway after right. a couple yeah. sessions. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. totally like, a cool why character. Is he here? Why is he I had a, Are you kidding? A-hole is here again. Yeah. I had a, a, fig, a, a character I lifted out of either the Traveler's Aid Society journal or Foss's High Passage there's there's those two uh, periodicals for the original Traveler RPG, mm-hmm. uh, and there was a character called Lothario Finger. Mm-hmm. I lifted him and I used him for decades. Really? As an NPC? As an NPC, whether it was fantasy, it doesn't matter. And he would be basically be the guy you would go to whenever you needed something, and he, for a price, he could find it for you. We used to have a similar thing in our D and D games called Square Deal Sands. Square Deal Sands would deal with magic items of all powers and stuff, and it was a chain. So whatever town you went in, there was a booth or a stall or even a full frontal store that you would go in and sell your all your plus one items for gold. Uh-huh. And they didn't. They would always buy them cheap, but either get rid of them for you, you know, or right. whatever. Yeah. Or they better than appraise, just they would appraise stuff throwing for price them away, too. right? Because you couldn't just go to your local. So there was always Square Deal Sam's, and that was just a quick, easy way for them <laughs> to like, what have we got here? You got a plus one ring, you got an invisibility ring, that'll be five hundred gold, and it kept them yeah. needing gold, and and we just made it sort of funny rather than just having you know. The sorcerer uh-huh. in there. I had, yeah, I had the Golden Lion in. Yeah, it was run by a character named Tyron Lightfinger, who was a first edition AD and D bard. There you go. Right, so he had all the skills ever, had and then some. All of them, because he, because in first edition to become a bard, you had to go through fighter, rogue, and druid, and you had to do two of them between eighth and twelfth level, and then go back, and then you became a. A bard, yeah, not right. before. You had to keep starting all over again. And yeah, and when you went back to first level, you lost all of those. You couldn't use all of those abilities. The only thing you kept was your hit points. Holy crap! Right, so, so he went to be like, and, and he, you had to have the. Is that first a, edition, second first edition? edition? And okay. if it was a playable character, you had to have the the attributes to qualify for all of those those classes. Right. Right. So, so you pretty much needed 18s and everything. So when I retired him, he was a tenth level fighter, eighth level thief. 15th level bard. Holy metric. Yeah. 
And he had a, a winter wolf wow. companion named Frigid. I had a winter wolf named Frigid. Really? Could, Frigid could talk, uh, but Frigid had two problems. Frigid was a kleptomaniac and really liked alcohol. And mine was a ranger. He just Frigid was like Lassie. He would, but but I didn't know he was a winter wolf until I don't know, like three or four episodes in, where when Frigid got cornered and <laughs> out came the cone of cold, yeah. and we're like, oh, he's <laughs> nice. a white wolf. Oh. I was doing a whole Grizzly Adams thing. I had no idea he was a white wolf. Or, 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 yeah. That's cool. What? <laughs> Grizzly Adams. Remember Grizzly Adams? Yes. He lived there with a bear. He was like just lonely. You know, he was a ranger. I was like, all right, I'm going to go with the Grizzly Adams theme. So he has a wolf as a companion. I had no idea it was going to be a winter wolf named Frigid. Ah. Uh, guess I should have known when I named him Frigid. Frigid. <laughs> it happens. Do you call it? Yeah, there was something you wanted to talk about, wasn't there? <laughs> Funniest thing I've ever heard. I'm watching um, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. And I'm in the last season. Mm-hmm. I've already skipped, four, skipped like four episodes. I didn't skip any previously, but I was yeah. always doing something else. So, But it's starting to really wear on me now. Um, and I was, I was at a party <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, a week ago. And um, a there's a retired uh, police officer there, and I mentioned, oh yeah, I'm going, I'm going through Star Trek: Next Generation. I'm binge watching it, seven seasons. He starts laughing. Like, what? It's like, do you ever hear about the pedophile Star Trek connection? Like, what are you I'm, talking I'm about? I've talked about this. What are you, you talking you, about? You, you and he's like, he's like, oh yeah. Not every time, but most times when we bust pedophiles, there's a oh, bunch of Star Trek memorabilia. I remember you talking yeah. about this. And and I so I went on. I'm like, really? Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's a, it's a, and they don't know why. And, and so I did a Google search, and it's this whole thing started in like Toronto, where there was a um, a bunch a bunch of police detectives who worked in the sex crimes department or whatever it's called. And there was this running joke about the fact that they always found, very specifically, Star Trek memorabilia, a lot of it, every time they busted someone for pedophilia. Or, 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 yeah. um, or kitty porn, or, yeah, yeah. or any of those things. The guy from Toronto, and you can Google this article, said something like, you could go to Comic-Con... And you wouldn't find a higher percentage of Star Trek fans than you will in our pedophile case files. <laughs> I talked about this years ago. So I start I watching. You talking about so that. I'm in se- I'm in season six when he tells me this. I'm like, well, what are they looking? Why are they watching this? I know. So I start watching it. And I Armed think, with that information, I to think it out. I figured it out. It's the jumpsuits. <laughs> Junk City. But it, but it's more than just those junk suits. I never noticed but, but, it, but, but you start looking, city. junk city. But it's more than just next gen. It's it's the original Riker Star Trek too. Goes up, stands up, puts his right. Yeah, and he always there did, it is, he right he there. Gets out of the chair. But, but the thing is, it's also original Star Trek too. They're into he that as well. He did always do that leg. Yeah, he did the, le- the, the leg. The Riker. I'm yeah. telling you, the 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 jumpsuits, junk city. It's like more so than like. 
1970s sitcoms and women's nipples. I, I mean, I gotta say, Seven of Nine, her junk was amazing. I watched her a lot. Uh, that was in Voyager, I think. She was, she was a Seven of Nine Seven was in Voyager. She was in Voyager. Yeah. yeah. Well, she showed up in Voyager. She was also yeah. in. And I, I really appreciated that Voyager. jumpsuit. Jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah, she had it, but she wore a crazy ass cor- corset. I, like she had to wear. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. She had to keep know. everything in place. It was both of them. It was pretty amazing, but that that and of course the next episode I watch is the one where like four of them get turned into kids. <laughs> that's the very next episode that's on. And you're like, but I'm like, oh. I'm watching, and that, but I think that it's there's it's like Junk City well, that, in those Junk Because I've just watched like one of the original <laughs> Star Trek. Oh. The, the crotch is cut a little high. Well, how do you explain the original Star Trek then? Because they all had like you know blousey thing, and the women's mini skirts were really mini. How do you explain? I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's that what he, the era that he's talking about is all next generation stuff. But I don't. I don't know. I don't know. All I can say is that would be my guess. They don't know either. The article or the thing that I heard is is that there's no there's, there's no causal relationship. Right. There just, just seems to be a a Venn diagram overlap, exactly. and they don't know why. And it's not Star Wars, and it's not comics. no. It's, it's specifically, specifically Star Trek. Trek. It's very weird. weird. <laughs> to the point where they've got undercover cops walking around trekker conventions, trying to. ID people. See, I don't know, oh but I, it's it's probably a tiny, tiny percentage of Star Trek fans who are pedophiles, but it's a large percentage of pedophiles who are Star Trek fans. So it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. And, and it's really weird. Yeah, now, you can't now, even I've say got, it's like fantasy world because it, it does. It's not Star Wars. It's not D and D. It's specifically Star Trek. It's something about now, that series. The, the plot holes in that drove me crazy. Really. So there are. At least a dozen episodes that could have been solved with techniques they used with their transporter technology in previous oh, episodes. Yeah. yeah. And oftentimes there's things left unresolved too. They meet a race, they do something, and they go away, and you never see them again. You're like, what happened to them? Right. They just well, ran into people that could one, alter reality. One of my, one of the, one, the episode that <laughs> like that that really irked me is the one where they bring Scotty back. Yeah. Because Scotty is like stuck in a transporter right. uh, uh-huh. buffer. Loop, First just, off, buffer. what the That's fuck right. with that thing? The transporter, it's going to obliterate you and then make a copy of you. Right. That's not you. He's stuck in the buffer, yeah. That's a that's a clone of you that's got your memories and shit, but you just got killed. Yeah. Well, always. That's what... Yeah. Right? Anyway, so he's stuck <laughs> in the buffer or whatever. They get him out, and it's like, oh, look, we found this Dyson Sphere. Right? You know what a Dyson Sphere is? Yeah. That's an entire shell that encompasses an entire star. Oh. Yeah. And they're freaking huge. And you live on the outside of it. Yeah. No, you live on the inside. You, you live on the, the inside, inside of it, right? right. <clears throat> and they're like, "Oh, we found this thing." And oh yeah, well, Isn't that cool? uh, Captain's Bye-bye. log, star date, yeah. blah 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 blah. Uh, we left that, and uh, some science teams are coming to look at it. I want to know about that that civilization. I know. I, I would have <laughs> based. I would have based a whole. New I don't give a fuck about your sphere. civilization. Yeah. I want to hear about them. Yeah, exactly. They built some shit. All these leftover plot lines, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Always bother uh, me. My gripe with Next Generation towards the end was it became the Wesley Crusher show. Oh, what? I disagree. I disagree. Yeah. There is a the, the he hasn't been in the last couple seasons because they lost. Yeah, he okay. left. Maybe it wasn't the end. It's it in the just, middle. There's a, a period about. where every fucking episode. Uh, I just watched the entire Wesley thing Crusher. in I order. I think it's that, many. and it's not that many. Uh-uh. It's not as many. Maybe it was just your, traumatizing it's your perception. to me. It's your Maybe perception. it was just traumatizing to me. It's not that many. It's just enough it's to be a little. Least, yeah. I don't hate Will Wheaton. No. I think Will Wheaton's a fine actor, but 
you know. There was not a lot of lot of love for that character, though. Oh no, there was abject yeah. hate for that yeah. kid when oh, he was yeah. when he was in that show. Oh, I can't imagine thing. the kind of shit he took. No, that's horrible. When, when it originally well, ran. it affected him deeply. Yeah. All the fat, all the fat beards. Like, this, get rid of the kid in the shoe. And uh, hello, you've got a ship with a thousand and eighteen people on it, or whatever yeah. it's supposed to have. Oh yeah, no, it had a, a bunch of fucking families. Yeah, right, we're gonna, gonna charge to... into fucking danger. Okay, in the first season, we're gonna separate the ship three times. We're going to leave all the families over here, and then the rest of the ship is going to go off and do this dangerous shit. Oh, no, but we're going to forget about that after season one. Uh, and we're going to charge in with our kids. To, oh, yeah, we're going to go into this weird-ass shit. Fuck yeah! <laughs> oh, we're going to try to coast through this thing. I'm just, I'm, I'm just watching one where they, where they realize that, oh, g- g- traveling at high warp fucks up space. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's in the last season. And it's like, oh, we're going to try to coast through this thing to get to this other ship. Okay. How about you leave the fucking saucer session with all your families behind? And you go on alone. And then if something happens to you, they're not all fucking dead. <laughs> oh no, they don't think about that. God, it just, the, the whole concept of putting families on a military ship is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, like, oh, but we, we value them so much. But right. Well, it's not supposed to be a military ship. No. It, it's Starfleet. I, I'm not disagreeing with yeah. you. I'm just saying that's the. There's a captains and commanders and lieutenant commanders. To explore strange new worlds. Yeah, it's but that, that particular ship so is supposed to be like an exploration phasers. ship. It's, no, it's also the flagship. It's the flagship of the Federation. And aren't flagships supposed to be? Don't they usually have admirals on board? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. There's yeah, a lot of things about it that dishes. really drove me crazy. Apparently. Are you going to? <laughs> that's not what I was asking DS9, about. But then? That's okay. I watched, tried to watch DS9, and DS9. It, it, to boldly stay where no one has stayed before, yeah. and it, it bored the fuck really? out of me. Really? I really like that one. I didn't I like, like that, DS9. and I didn't like Babylon 5. I watched all of Babylon oh. 5 through the Penn and Teller I like, episode. Yeah. I loved Babylon That's when they 5. ran out. That's when their Metaplot ended. Oh, man. Right. The Metaplot ended yeah, in the previous no, season. Sure. Yeah. Right. Because the, the, they thought they the were getting canceled. The four yeah. season. The first four It was originally seasons. supposed to be five seasons. Right. Yeah. They shortened it because they thought they were going to get canceled. They were told they were right. going to get canceled. Yep. And then they were told, oh, yeah, we're going to do oh, another year. Yeah. Once once the Metaplot pans yeah. out and everyone's like, holy shit, this got good. Yeah. Because it got good near the end there. Oh, yeah. It didn't start out good. Yeah. And then and then it's like, oh, we're going to do another season. Okay, we'll uh, call up Penn and Teller and see if they're available. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see how many so random people boat. we can right. bring in for it's random exactly. stories. Yes. Yeah, I have the whole series on DVD. <clears throat> I, I watched it through Penn and Teller, and then I'm like, okay, this is starting to jump the shark. And the next day, I turn on Netflix to watch it, and it's been pulled off of streaming. And I'm, I'm like, oh. I don't really mind. Are you sure? Because <laughs> I also have everything, and the movies, and what was the Andromeda. other series? No, Andromeda is a Star Trek that I also Farscape? have. All of them. Called no. Crusaders? Crusaders? Oh, Crusaders, yeah. Yeah, Crusaders. Farsca- Farscape is good, too. I didn't... I, I watched some of Farscape when it, back when it was originally on, on Sci-Fi Channel. I liked it for a while, and then there Kevin was Sorba. other times I didn't like it. There's the cartoon episode... Which I really think is when it kind of lost its shit. I agree. That gets actually cartoony, and they actually have cartoons yeah. of Scorpius or whatever. Yeah. No, Mm-mm. I lo- lost me. It's there. no Jason and Star Command, that's for sure. I don't remember Jason. Fuck Rogers. You got to go check out Jason and Star Command. It had uh, Sid Haig in it as Draco, who's you know Sid, Sid Haig. Haig is is, uh, is Captain Spaulding, the evil clown. Okay. Well, well, they're, they're saying I have to finish oh, watching Next Gen, which I will. I will finish watching it. Maybe. 
feel like he was. But I, after this, I'm probably going to watch Enterprise to kind of clear my palate because Enterprise is fantastic. Oh, uh, see, I made myself like uh, this is probably seven years ago. Watch all through all of them again, like every. See, I, season I, of I every. never liked um, a Voyager. I liked Voyager and Seven and Nine. The only character I liked in Voyager was what's his name. Celix or Neelix? I always call Neelix yeah. because of that little girl with the little spines on her. And my favorite, my favorite character from Enterprise is the Doctor, Doctor Flox. I or? love Doctor Flox. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, uh, the whole episode about him hated Kess. trimming his toenails and Where doing all of his weird shit. Well, and that crazy smile. I just don't. Have to, I don't have time to. Yeah. All right. Let's watch episode a night yeah. until it's until it's done, or sometimes nine on a day off. I, it cuts it. I don't. I don't play video games. I understand. I haven't played video games a long time either. I'm in bed at eight thirty. I just. I don't have time to play video games. I make dinner. I do. I watch some like a little bit of news. I'm like, oh, instead of watching a little bit of news, you watch an episode yeah. of yeah. something. You don't want to watch the news anyway. No, I just I'll find out what the weather is and stuff. You can just you know open what? the door and look outside. Yeah, in the know morning, the open, look out the window. You'll know what the weather. Cut out is. the porn. <clears throat> Thank you. What? <laughs> Well, how about you can football? No, it's I'm, I mean, <laughs> what are you crazy? <laughs> that doesn't take very long anyway. <laughs> had to wait until right. she had a beer in her mouth. <laughs> I was waiting for the spit take. <laughs> All over me. <laughs> All right, I'm okay, gonna call it finally. Then. Okay. Joining us for season 19, episode 2 of Happy Chicks Revenge Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Jim of Star Command. Stork. You remember Jason Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week, Saturday, uh, Friday, 8 p.m. Pacific time. Also, next weekend, the Renaissance Pleasure Fair starts. We're going to have a meetup. Meetup. We're going to have a day come out when we're all there, hopefully. And you can come and see us and hang out with us and buy me beer. And that's it. Thank you very much. Yay. We'll leave you with a song. Bye.